The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from Seattle storyteller Tanya Gilstrap. How's your week going? I hope it's going great. I am going to admit a lot of things on this podcast that I don't really, I'm not really comfortable admitting, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because that's what vulnerability is all about. And vulnerability is what storytelling is all about. So I had to go to the OBGYN today. That's the gynecologist. And honestly, I had not been to the gynecologist since before the pandemic. And I am a little bit afraid of the doctor. I mean, I get super nervous. I get sweaty palms. I walk into a medical facility (laughs) and I freak out. And I was already a little freaked out about my health care because I'd been getting these really strange messages from Kaiser that said, hey, just wanted to let you know your insurance is being canceled at your request. That was last month, right before the end of the month. And I did not request that my insurance be canceled. Thanks. And I kept trying to contact them. And, and when I contacted my health care and said, I have not requested that my insurance be canceled. I spoke to someone with a very heavy accent and I said, is this because I I like, I'm not sure what happened. Is this about tax forms? What is this about? Did I, and they said no. And they interrupted me very abruptly. And I'm like, it just felt rude, you know? And I waited for them to go on. And the woman I was talking to said, the reason this is happening is because You have not submitted proof of citizenship. And I just kind of sat there in shock. (laughs) I'm like, I have submitted proof of citizenship. And she goes, well, (laughs) I am a citizen. I mean, I don't know why I thought this was so funny, but I was expecting I'd forgotten to submit a tax form. I'd expected something completely different. But no, that's not what it was. It was that they were expecting some paperwork that I thought they had for a long time and they didn't have. And they're like, your insurance expires tomorrow. At your request, uh, we didn't even discuss that, uh, unless you have these forms. And they said, you have to have this and that. And, And so I'm racing to get all this straightened out. And I did, and I got it straightened out. And they now know that I am a citizen of the United States Phew. Um, <laughs> so I did have insurance. 
in time to go to the gynecologist this week. So yeah, nervous about going to the gynecologist, nervous about insurance. You never know if you're going to go and they're going to go, I'm sorry, we're going to look at your vagina and that'll be $12,000. It all just kind of compounds. It's insurance. It's the United States. It's all intimidating. So I go in and they sit me down. They want to take my blood pressure. They want to weigh me. Weighing you. That's stressful. But I decided I was going to try and let it go. But it's still the stress of the doctor. You know, the nurse practitioner takes my blood pressure. And as always happens, she takes my blood pressure. And then instantly, as soon as she reads it, she says, do you have high blood pressure? She's looking at my chart. Um, and I said, no, I don't have high blood pressure. I have white coat syndrome. She's looking at the reading, which is something like 155 over 90. That is high blood pressure. And she's like, well, your reading is really high. And I'm like, I'm afraid of doctors. I'm afraid of medical facilities. This is really stressful to me for a lot of different reasons. If you give me about a half an hour, I will calm down. It's the stress of having my name called. It's the stress of giving you my insurance card. All of these things make my blood pressure go up. If you give me a little bit of time, my blood pressure will go down. She goes, well, I want to try again. I'm like, it is not going to work. If you do it right now, you're going to get the same reading. And she's like, well, let's just try it again anyway. And I'm like, it's not going to work. I have white coat syndrome. She goes, white coat syndrome? I've never heard it called that. And I'm like, I have white coat syndrome. My dog has white coat syndrome. She goes, white coat syndrome. And I'm like, yeah, it's fear of doctors. I have a fear of doctors. My dog has a fear of doctors. My dog just died last month. I had to euthanize him at home. And I start talking about Quake. And I'm like, she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. You just lost your dog. And I'm like, yeah. And I was not going to stress him out at the end of his life. I was not going to take him to the vet. I wasn't going to do that. And I start talking about Quake. And I'm not talking about it in a horrible loss kind of way. I'm talking about it in a, I wanted to be kind to my dog kind of way. And I'm just saying, a lot of people are afraid of the doctor. So I wanted to make sure he had, you know, I, I was respectful of that fear. And while I was talking about it, the reading came up on my blood pressure. And she goes, guess what your blood pressure was? I'm expecting a repeat. I'm expecting it's supposed to be like 155 over 90 again. And I'm like, what? She goes, that time it was 126 over 74. Why? Was it because I was distracted? Was it because I was talking about my dog? Was it because I was telling a story? Was it because, I don't know what it was, but was it because empathy was because of emotion there's so many reasons but it was less than two minutes after that very high blood pressure reading it makes total sense and at the same time it's still completely incredible so i'm going to remember that trick i hope you do too and i'm happy to say even though i was really nervous about putting my feet in stirrups the doctor was very kind they apologize for scaring me. I said, it's not your fault. It's just my fear of doctors. We had a really good talk. 
and I don't know. It was a cervical cancer screening. Who knows? We've got to wait for the results. But it went as well as it could. And it was really nice to learn a new trick as a way of dealing with my fear of medical facilities. And I always love finding new ways to deal with my fears. One of the big things I decided last year was I have so many fears. And I want to learn to face them. And learning tricks surrounding facing my fears, that's really cool. I want to do more of that. If you have ways that you've learned to face your fears, if you have tips and tricks, I love hearing that stuff. Please send me your tips and tricks. You know I love it when you send me messages. I love it when you talk to me. If you send me a voice memo telling them to me, I don't know what I do. I might lose my mind in the best possible way. I am in love with my Helix mattress. I have been since it arrived on my porch back in early 2021. I released it from its box. It inflated. And it became the most comfy bed I've ever laid on. For the last year and a half now, every night, I can't believe it's mine. And I get to sleep on this marvel every night. Helix Sleep is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. The Helix lineup includes 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models, a mattress for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz, like I did, and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress will be shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Because Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. They offer a 100-night risk-free trial. Try out your new Helix mattress, see how your body adjusts, and if you decide it's not the best fit, you're welcome to return it for a full refund. I took the Helix Sleep Quiz and I was matched with the Helix Plus mattress. It's an immense upgrade from my old mattress. Not only is this mattress the best I've ever slept on, but the setup was fast and easy. Helix mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door for free. Plus, Helix mattresses come with a 10 or 15 year warranty, dependent on the model. And you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. If you don't love it, they will pick it up from you and give you a full refund. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. I sleep so much better on a Helix. I used to toss and turn, but now I'm out cold. And Helix makes it so easy to choose the perfect mattress. Analysis paralysis? Nope. That two minute quiz makes me sure I've made the right decision. And I did. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners of the Body Storytelling Podcast. And by supporting Helix, you are allowing them to support me and this show. Go purchase your Helix mattress and thank me later for your best night's sleep. 
go to helixsleep.com slash Dixie. With Helix, better sleep starts now. In less than two weeks, I'm going to be back doing live shows. I mean, hiatuses are nice and everything, but live shows, nothing makes you feel more alive than watching people do something as scary as getting on stage and watching the audience get to their feet to give them a standing ovation. We'll be back in San Francisco for the Folsom Street Fair Contacular. It is the culmination of a weekend of Folsom Street Fair, the high holidays of kink, the biggest kink event in the world. We've got the ethical slut co-author, Janet W. Hardy. We've got sex revolutionary and feminist pornographer, Madison Young. A lot more surprises to be revealed soon. And tickets are on sale now. And shortly thereafter, in Seattle, we are at Oddfellows West Hall, a brand new location for us. And we have a couple of storytellers who have pitched me hard brand new storytellers flying in from new cities to be on stage at Body. It's their dream. Let's make it come true. That will be on Saturday, October 15th. I cannot wait to see my Seattle community. It's been almost three years since I've been back in Seattle. There's a link in the show notes for tickets to our San Francisco and Seattle shows. Get them as soon as you can. And I can't wait to see you at a live show soon. It's time for a story, right? <laughs> well, remember last week's storyteller, Woody Sticks? Woody and I had a Zoom call this past weekend to talk about things like audio. We talked about the story that they hadn't heard in a long time. They originally worked that story up for body years and years ago. And when I found that piece of audio... I was like, oh, I'm so excited to find that story. We lost a lot of Seattle stories. And Woody was like, of course you did. Of course you lost your Seattle audio that was recorded at the rebar. And I'm like, what do you mean, of course? I had such trouble. I need every bit of audio. I lost years, years because of the pandemic. I needed every bit of audio, every story. And Woody is like, Dix, did you not know that the rebar is haunted? Um, no, no, I did not know that. Um, Woody was like, yeah, every time I recorded anything at the rebar, something happened to the audio every single time. It's well known that the rebar was haunted. I wish somebody had told me that. I was at that venue for six years. Nobody ever mentioned to me that the rebar was haunted and that I would lose every single piece of audio that I recorded there. But guess what? <laughs> I just found a piece of audio. And if you go into all the tracks, there are a lot of weird ghostly sounds on the audio tracks. Recently, I don't know, maybe somebody decided I deserve to be cut a break. And um, I found a break. And I have a story from a storyteller at the Rebar. This is our very last show recorded at the Rebar. This was February 2020, the last time I flew into Seattle, which is especially exciting as I'm about to fly back to Seattle to do a show again. So let me tell you about the storyteller and the story that we just recovered. Thank you, ghosts. 
Tanya Gilstrap is basically a Seattle local, even though they were born in California. They're queer, polyamorous, and an ethical slut. Tanya's been a member of the Seattle Body family for years, either taking photos at the event, acting as stage manager, or getting up and telling stories of their own. Tanya won Seattle's Best of Body contest, and they were thrilled about that because they love talking about sex and novelty. This storyteller is Tanya Gilstrap. So I'm lying face down, completely butt naked, on a massage table. My hands are reached out above my head, restrained, with cuffs and a spread bar. And my friend Luna is holding them in place so I can't squirm. And my other friend Jacob is standing to the side of me with flogger in hand as he raises it above his head and brings it down firmly on my bare ass. Sensations of tingly pleasure reach out to my fingertips and toes and endorphins fill my brain. And it feels super good. Like, I really like this. Now, I don't normally like this kind of thing. In fact, I generally hate giving up control. But this was kind of a special exception. Now, I had met Jacob and Luna about six to nine months prior. I was working on my own personal sexy project. See, I was turning 30 on the 30th of April. I was my dirty 30 golden birthday and I want to commemorate it with something special. So I requested 30 volunteers to help me uh, basically fuck 30 people within 30 days. Luna was one of the first people who had volunteered. She had reached out to me when I had posted in one of our sex positive groups, um, and she was like, oh, hey, I liked your idea for your project, and I wanted to um, offer myself, um, and I was very excited that she had volunteered. Um, I had seen her at many polyamorous events, but we had never really connected. She was kind of intimidating, honestly. Um, I kind of got this like Sigourney Weaver vibe from her like I will kill you <laughs> it was kind of like if I don't like you um and then but when you actually talked to her she was really actually sweet and she had this really awesome expression and sweetness in her eyes kind of like Emma Stone so Sigourney Weaver Emma Stone but with like better boobs um and totally gay um and so when she reached out to me and she offered to be part of this project I was working on, um, she was not only interested, but her partner Jacob was interested, um, who she advertised as this beautiful man with a ginormous uncut cock. And I was, this was off to a fantastic start. Um, see, this project was not only a involving spreadsheets and surveys um, and scheduling mastery, um, but I also had like my just you know general regular life to schedule around this. I had my job, I had my ultimate frisbee, like I had two teams that I was playing on, and karaoke weekly, and there was a lot to manage. Um, but Luna and Jacob were very flexible, and they were like, "Hey, when can we meet, and when can we discuss 
you know, negotiations for this kind of activity. I just so happened to be telling a story at Body uh, later that week, and I said, hey, why don't you come to the show, and we can hang out, and I can meet you, can see kind of what my sex life is like, and see if you're interested. Um, so they agreed. They happened to be available, um, and Luna and I were kind of both very awkward at initiating conversations. So I said, hey, I have a suggestion. Instead of like having this like, hey, you responded to my sexy post about having fucking threesome, all this stuff. Um, why don't I just like, you come up to me, we're not gonna say a single word to one another. Um, and I'm just gonna make out with you. Just come up to me, kiss me, and that will be the end of it. She was excited at this idea. Um, so the night of the show came and I kind of checked in with her via messenger and it was like, hey, just to confirm, I wanted to make sure you guys were still coming to the show tonight and they were and I was like, don't forget when you get there, like come immediately and find me and do not speak to me until I kiss you. So I see her and Jacob walk through the door, and the first thing I noticed is honestly Jacob, because he is this like six foot five gentle giant, kind of a mix between Vince Vaughn and like John Corbett, this like very muscular, but like still plenty of like cushion for comfort kind of person. And they're kind of awkward, but they make their way over to me when I this like come hither. Um, and as Luna walks up to me, I reach one hand around her waist, pull her into me, and I grab my other hand up inside her hair, and I pull her into this most intense, delightful makeout session, and I feel her body just melt against me, and it's like in the middle of this huge crowd, and it's delightful. And as we pull away, and her smile is like grinning from ear to ear across her face, and I look over at Jacob, and I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tanya, it's nice to meet you. Would you like a hug? <laughs> and we kind of talk and banter, and it's, you know, it's showtime, so I, like, I get into my storytelling mentality, and they find their seats, and I get up on stage, tell my story, and I realize at intermission that they have left. And so the next day, I was a little concerned, and kind of reached out to them, and wanted to make sure everything was okay, that they had a good time, and um, Luna was like, yeah, that was a great story. Uh, I really enjoyed our makeout session, and Jacob, Jacob was a little more hesitant. He was like, that was a great show. I really enjoyed it, but I have some concerns. Um, I think you might be too dominant for me. And this kind of made me giggle because I had just at that moment telling that story that I had told previously had experienced the, for the first time enjoying dominating someone, and I kind of tried to clarify, I'm not... I don't need to dominate you. I'm a service top. I want to, if you don't want to be dominated, I don't want to dominate you. And we had this conversation and kind of cleared out some in, like confusion and insecurities and we kind of discussed what a potential threesome with all three of us could be. And birthday month comes around and we have our threesome and everyone is having a fantastic time. Me and Jacob kind of co-top Luna and it's just like orgasms happening left and right and everyone's getting their needs met and it's so organic and natural. And I was like, oh, that was, that was kind of the best threesome I've ever had. Get home and I check them off my spreadsheet. <laughs> That wasn't the end of it. Like, that was just the beginning. And we had regular group activities together, and months had passed, and we uh, talked about possibly doing drugs and having sex at the same time. And I was like, oh, yeah, 
Uh, that sounds fun. You, you two are very awesome and comfortable. I'm very, I feel safe with you. And we set up a Sunday. We scheduled the entire day. And I arrive at Luna and Jacob's house. And there's this entire, like, setup prepared. The living room had had everything pushed back that nothing needed to be used except for what was there, like a massage table and the dining room full of impact implements. And... <laughs> Um, as we kind of sat down and had our little negotiations, like, okay, well, drugs is different than just regular sex, so let's have a talk. And we agreed on three rules. Like, one, we're not going to probably be on our phones for the evening. It's probably a good idea. Um, two, we're not going to go out and have any adventures outside of the house. Let's stay inside. <laughs> it's probably best as well. And um, we had a third one that was kind of like, okay, it was kind of like just our already general rule. It's like no penetrative sex without protection. And we took our cocktail of drugs, and as they started kicking in, and everything kind of gets a little sparkly, it was a combination of MDMA and mushrooms, of which I had tried separately, but never together. And I, the control freak that I am, I was like, ooh, let's let this sit in and kind of feel what this sensation is like um, before I really work on connecting with these beautiful people in my life. And... Luna and Jacob are some of the horniest people that I've ever met. <laughs> and immediately they wanted to like go to the bedroom and fuck. And I was like, okay, well, like I'm going to go with you, but you fuck, and I'm just going to like lay on the bed next to you and enjoy watching. And so pretty soon they were fucking, and Luna was having orgasm after orgasm, and I was kind of pulling on her hair and kind of playing with Jacob's balls, but not fully getting involved. And besides that, I was kind of just writhing on the bed like a cat rolling around in catnip. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty soon our kind of ADD druggy brains were like, okay, what's next? And uh, Luna was like, hey, will one of you beat the shit out of me? And the dominant character that I normally am was like looking over at Jacob and he was kind of mentioned earlier that he didn't really want to be a dom in this situation. He, while on these like feels drugs, he wanted to be present and experience this sensation and not have to worry about being in any particular role. So I took this opportunity to be like, I will don the shit out of you. Let me do this, please. <laughs> so we ran out to the living room. Luna lay down on the massage table and we were massaging her, kind of easing her into this play situation. And um, pretty soon we were like, okay, Let's get into character. Are we going to be in character? Usually, I like to be called sir. I like to be addressed as sir while fucking people or doming people. And so does Jacob. So I was like, this could be confusing. <laughs> how about I pick a new name? How about, how do you two feel about calling me master? And Jacob was like, okay, yeah, I could do that. And Luna's like, yes, I will call you master. <laughs> And as we take turns kind of like beating the shit out of her, massaging her at the same time, changing between variations and sensations, I kind of look between the two of them and I realize I am comfortable, I am safe, and I love you guys. And I look over at Jacob and I'm like, I know this is silly and ridiculous and it's probably the drugs, but I love you, Jacob. And I look down at Luna and I'm like, I love you, Luna. And they reciprocate in kind and the sensation comes over me and something happens that I don't normally experience. And I look down at Luna and I was like, can we pause for a sec? How do you feel about changing roles? 
And they looked up at me like, are you tired of being master? I was like, no. Um, <laughs> in fact, I kind of want to be the muse. How do you feel about taking control of me and telling me what to do? And immediately they both perked up because this is nothing I've ever said in my entire fucking life. Yeah. Yeah, we could, do, we could do that. And Luna decided to be Mr. And Jacob decided to be Master. And I was muse. And next thing I know, I'm face down on the massage table. I'm being whipped. I'm being my hair pulled. And all these endorphins and feels are exploding through my body. And they check in with me like, how are you doing? And all I can muster is, oh, good. <laughs> and they say, we're not done with you yet. Let's take you to the bedroom. And as we, they, uh, they uncuff me from the restraint bar, and I get up to walk to the bedroom, I say, wait! Can I make one request, master? And he says, yes, what's your request? And I said, can you get my frisbee, please? <laughs> and they're very confused, because I was very, we were very clear, we were not going outside, we were not going to participate in any sort of adventures outdoors. They're like, Tanya? You are not going outside. I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. And I was like, will you go get the Frisbee from my backpack and hit me with it? <laughs> so Luna lets out this ridiculous cackle and says, you fucking kicking bitch. Of course we will hit you with your Frisbee if that's what you want. <laughs> she runs to my backpack, pulls out my sparkly pink glitter Frisbee, and runs to the bedroom where I'm pretty much just restrained to the top of the bed, Arms reached out as far as I can. My legs pulled down. Jacob's pulled me so I can't barely, I can't move at all. He is eating my pussy, and Luna is smacking me with a frisbee. And all of a sudden, I'm orgasming. And I, this is something I have never fucking experienced. I have, first of all, I've never asked to be dominated. I have never orgasmed while on drugs. And I've definitely never fucking orgasmed while being hit by a frisbee. <laughs> And pretty soon I told Jacob to stop because it's too much and we kind of collapse on the bed as the like sensation from the drugs, drugs dissipate. And I curl up between my two lovers and they tell me, and I tell myself, well, that was unexpected. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> A couple rebel top gun pilots flying with nowhere to be mm. Don't know you super well, but I think that you might be the same as me Behave abnormally Let's let things come out of the woodwork I give you my best, I tell you all my best lies, yeah Awesome, right? So let's let things come out of the woodwork I give you my best, I tell you all my best lies See me rolling, showing someone else love Dancing with our shoes off, no, I think you're awesome, right? Our rules, our dreams, we're blind Blowing shit up with homie Dynamite, our friends, our drinks We get inspired Blowing shit up with Drive, but he can hardly see. Ooh. We'll end up paying. 
painted on the rock, red and chrome, all the broken glass sparkling. I guess we're partying. So let's let things come out of the woodwork. I give you my best, I tell you all my best lies. See me rolling, showing someone else love. Hands under your t-shirt, though I think you're awesome, right? Our rules, our dreams, we blind. Blowing shit up with homie. That was Homemade Dynamite by Lord. You know, I could never do this without you. I started this podcast because people like you insisted it was necessary and that they wanted it and that others wanted it too. And Patreon was how we funded the startup costs and the regular expenses like podcast editing and music licensing and hosting and more. Podcasting is not free. Become a member of our Patreon now, and you can ensure that this podcast never goes away. That I can keep finding these stories and recording them and sharing them with you forever. Think about all the territory that hasn't been covered yet. Got a wish list? Send it to me. I call myself a sexual folklorist because folklore is the ways and the stories of a people. Our people. But society has decided that some stories should not be shared, and it's been that way for a very long time. Why should they decide what's okay for us to talk about? Stories allow us to teach each other, to educate each other, and make us realize there's a lot of people like us out there. I love the secret stories, the ones saved for a select audience. You know, people like you. And I want to collect them all. Those true stories told by the person who had the adventure. So I started a live show and then a lot of people wanted it to be a podcast so that they could hear those stories too, whenever they wanted to listen to them with their earbuds in, at work, on their commute, and nobody would know but them. If you're a Patreon supporter, it's really easy to sign up. Just go to patreon.com body and select the tier and rewards you want. Joining now means you want this life-changing mission of self-love, empathy, and understanding to continue, flourish, and grow. Thanks for listening. 
and go to patreon.com slash body right now to become a member. Look at you. You made it all the way to the end of the podcast. That means you must really like this thing, right? So it just makes sense that you should go ahead and write us a review. Subscribe to it. Give it like stars and stuff. And while I'm thanking you for that, I'd also like, oh, by the way, thank you for that. I'd also like to thank the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to David Grossoff, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Donald Mooney, Ruben Tan, Joe Moore, and podcast producer Roman Den Haldeker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delator. This has been episode 242 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. I beg, I beg.